This podcast includes unapologetic logic and reason and may not be suitable for all audiences. In a world full of nonsense, he's been called the voice of uncommon common sense. He sees the abnormal that many find normal. Author and award-winning speaker, he is Chris. Well, I was trying to decide what I wanted to talk about here, the podcast before Thanksgiving. And, I mean, there's a lot we could talk about, right? There's a lot going on. The information, the disinformation, the uh, 17-dimensional chess, mind games, psychological war. We can go into all of it. The real war, the physical war, (laughs) the spiritual war. But I thought to myself, self, I knew it was me because I recognized the voice. I said, self. I don't think it's a good topic. to t- None of that's good to talk about before Thanksgiving. doesn't really set the mood, if you ask me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so, I'm sure if you saw the title of the podcast, maybe you looked, maybe you didn't. I was kind of thinking about that. I don't know how often I really do look at the title of a podcast if I listen to it. Um, well, what is the name of this podcast, by the way? Bo something. Shooting bow, as in bow and arrow. You ever heard of that? I don't know if people, t- it's very primitive. It's almost, it's like along the same lines as like a spear. <laughs> Just a little more sophisticated. Anyway, there's basically two kinds of, no, there's three kinds of bows. Long bows, recurve bows, and compound bows. And I suppose you could say a fourth kind being a crossbow, but I don't really count that as a bow. A buddy of mine tells me, that you ought to get a crossbow. If I wanted a crossbow, I would have one, trust me. I do have within my means the ability to buy a crossbow should I like to have one? <laughs> I have no desire for a crossbow. For I could do a whole podcast on that. They just I don't want to say they're dumb. I just don't have a use for it. They're cool. You know, it's a cool thing. I just I'll tell you the other thing, if I could be completely honest, which normally I am. Uh I don't like things under pressure or strain. I got a weird phobia about that. I could go on and on about that too. I'll tell you a quick story. I had to go in and witness this uh, sprinkler pump set uh, startup. You know what I mean? For a fire sprinkler system. And uh, it was big. Like this pump was as big as a car, right? And uh, they're going to fire this thing up for the first time. It's inside this like 20 foot by 20 foot room. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going in there. I had to go. We're getting ready to walk into this. It was in a parking garage. And uh, I'm like, I I really don't need to do that. I don't want to do it. I don't need to be here. I can see the reports, and that will be good enough for me. Nope. I'm walking into the parking garage. i got a uh, street sweeper in there cleaning up, and the thing backfires. That was, you know, first uh, uncontrolled defecation. I don't know how to say that in a clean way in a podcast. So we're standing in this room. There's like 10 people in there, maybe more, pretty crowded. I'm literally with my back, like there was a double door. The one panel's closed, and I'm like halfway in the doorway, literally. They got these kids <laughs> with their cute little hard hats on holding their little their little clipboards with their little pens. And uh, they go ahead and give the contractor the go-ahead to flip that switch gear on 
big three-phase circuitry coming in there. You know, you can feel the the magneticism of the of the power. You know, they, and all of a sudden the motor and it's humming and it's shaking and a gasket blows and I was out of there. I kid you not. Two of them actually blew. Two gaskets. No damage, no harm. Uh, nobody got hurt. But you never know, man. You, you realize under that kind of pressure, like that thing throws a bolt at your head. It could go right through your skull, completely through. Needless to say, I don't want a crossbow for many reasons. <laughs> One of them being I don't like being around things under pressure like that. This freaks me out for some reason. And just they're pulling it back and... I know they have ones you can crank and this and that, but like at that point, I'm just going to carry my rifle. It's easier carry. I've got far more. Uh, I mean, if I had a rifle, of course, that's what I do. I don't have a crossbow. I don't have a rifle. I don't have anything. Nothing. We don't have any sharp objects in the house, believe it or not. So anyway, uh, I got a little surprise this weekend. Not unexpected, although it was a slight change of plan. My brother Mike from Kokomo, Indiana, came rolling into Philly and came by to see me. And when he did, he brought me a little gift. And boy, was it a gift. I had asked my wife, mm, I don't know, two years ago, I want to say. Maybe it was last year. I said, I want a bow for Christmas. So she bought me a bow. And uh, it wasn't big enough for me. The reach wasn't long enough. Took it back, got an air rifle instead. And um, we had fun with that. Got a couple splatter targets. And boys had a blast. Got that thing dialed in. And uh, anyway, never got the bow. My brother Mike comes in, and he pulls out of his car two bows, a right-handed and a left-handed. Now, I happen to be left-handed. It was a recurve. I hadn't shot a recurve bow since I was a kid. I haven't shot any bow since I was a kid. So he's like, I brought arrows. We're going to shoot these. And uh, I was like, oh, man, I don't have a target. And uh, we got some Omaha steaks shipped out from my mother-in-law. My son actually sent me some, too. I actually saved both cartons. Well, I grabbed the one that my mother-in-law had sent. I'm like, this is going to be the best I got. It worked great, by the way, for a Target. So, you know, if you order Omaha Steaks, you can get yourself a built-in archery Target with it. So, put it up on a five-gallon jug, and at first it's falling off too easy. We put water jugs in the bucket. I actually shot through the bucket once. And uh, we anyway, end up having a board propped up. We get this thing set up. And... Uh, I, the first shot I went to take, I was like, I haven't done this in forever. And I pulled that thing back. And I just looked down that arrow and let, let that thing loose. And whoop, I was like, I'll be darned. I'll be darned. And uh, I didn't have too many misses except for the last one. So I had this balcony on the side of my house. And uh, we went up on there. It was probably like a 40, 50 yard, not nah, probably 40 yards, probably 35, 40 yards, I'm going to say. And uh, I missed. It was the one shot I missed. It was such a cool, cool shot. But then my brother Mike, boom, nails it in there. And it was cool. It was just a lot of fun. Anyway, he left it 
we were shooting the air rifle. I said, do you have an air rifle at home? He says, no. I said, take it. He says, really? I said, yeah, take it. So we we had a good time. I'll just tell you, as far as it's going to be as uh, life-changing for me as the electric bike, it really is. And the simple reason is because I like to be outside so doggone much, and I don't always want to be working when I'm out there. So shooting bow. And just to tell you how much I enjoy being outside, so Friday I decided to just take it easy, did a little bit of work, but not too much, and then Friday night, I got a I got a load of firewood delivered. I got like three cords back there, but it's all big stuff. I got logs that are not they don't have to be split, but um, they're long and they're still not really seasoned. I haven't cut them down yet. And then I got a lot of big oak. This is like pin oak, and this is big big stuff. I mean, it's just that's for the big the big fire pit. Friday night, it's now nah, I'm going to use the the. The, the barrel in the driveway, ghetto style. I think I told you this on Monday. And um, a buddy of mine came over for a little bit. And then Saturday it was windy, and I got caught up on things. I had some work to do. And then Sunday my buddy buddy Mike came over, and uh, we lit a fire. We were out there all day. I think he got, got here about 1 o'clock, 1,300. Left about... 2000 you know we're just outside we ate dinner out there my wife brought down steaks and potato and vegetable it was good sitting outside by the fire that's just the lifestyle that i enjoy shooting bow i want to tell you this story uh so my father was an incredible marksman it was something that was important to me and we shot a lot of bow. As a kid, I'm starting shooting bow, and I cannot hit the target. Can't hit it. And my father stands behind me. He says, you're hitting right where you're aiming. Anyway, I was shooting a right-handed bow in my dominant eye. It's my left eye. and so uh, Or my right eye, however that works. As soon as I got a left-handed bow, boom, dinging him. We shot so much one summer, I wore the side of my face raw. I would keep a log book and everything. That's how into it we were. And uh, now I haven't done it in many, many years. And it's just nice to have it back. I, looking at the bow, I may look at getting another one or something a little bigger or heavier. I think it's just like a 35-pound. I'm not going to get too crazy. It's like we've got axe throwing. We've got kids' axe throwing. All kinds of games, chip and putt. The uh, the ball chucker with Duke, he is so much fun. You bounce that ball off the ground. The dog, and he's gotten good at it, where he will literally be completely off the ground and catch the ball in the air. It's amazing. It is a, a dog, dog on near flies. It's amazing. But anyway, you know, for me, for my brother to bring me that little token, that gift, it means a lot to spend some time with him and and being outside where I love to be. It's just, uh, it's what I enjoy. Now, I don't want you to think that there's any correlation between the salt lick that I just set up and the arrival of this bow, because I can assure you there is not. (laughs) I'm not kidding about that. Uh, I have no no intention of hunting the deer around my property. Um, Not to say that I wouldn't if it got to be a problem, but as it is right now, um, they don't really bed down back here. So, other than occasionally coming through the yard and tearing up our uh, 
our shrubbery and whatnot, uh, we're fine with the deer, I guess. I do feel like they bring in the ticks a little bit. We get a lot of ticks around the perimeter of our property. Anyway, shooting bow and arrow, dinging them. The old man, he's still got it. You know, my eyesight's not as good, and my fingertips were hurting a little bit. Woo-hoo. But I was still putting them on target. Same with the with the air rifle. I'm like, God bless you. <laughs> Mess around and find out what the old man's got. I don't know. Hopefully not, right? So I don't think I got a chance to tell this the other day, but one of the things that uh, came up this weekend, my daughter had been sick for about a week, as many other kids at the school. Fever, turns out they think she had bronchitis, prescribed some antibiotics. And uh, getting better, getting better. But anyway, she had a lot of schoolwork to catch up on. And I think her uh, zeal for schoolwork, it probably follows a line more along the lines of her father than her mother. So my wife gets all excited about school and me not as much. And, uh, you know, it's got to be the weekend and her and my wife were button heads and they weren't talking over homework. So I say, you know, let me uh, let me help out. I do enjoy being a parent. My wife, my wife, God bless her, does a lot of the heavy lifting on a lot of things to the point I feel guilty. But then I try to help sometimes, and she clearly doesn't want it. But <clears throat> this particular time, this weekend, she seemed happy to have me hop in, and uh, I gave her a little pep talk. I really did. I'll tell you, here was my strategy. I went downstairs. I said, sweetie, can I talk to you? No, she was in her room. I went upstairs into her room and sat down on the bed. I said, can I talk to you for a minute? I said, uh, I know there's a lot of schoolwork to get done. She says, here's what she says to me. She says, Dad, hold on. I know what you're going to say. My wife had already prepped me for this. She says, when you walk into a school, what are you thinking about? She goes, like studying and learning, right? I said, okay, uh, yeah. She says, uh, when you walk into the house, what are, you, what are you thinking about? You're not thinking about studying and learning. You're, you're thinking about having fun. And I say, okay, what are you telling me? She says, well, I can't really focus at home. I said, oh, I understand. I said, well, what would you like me to do? Do you want me to take you up to the school? This is Saturday morning. Well, no, it's closed. I said, no, you, and, um, I've got some connections around town, including her principal I have a little connection with. And uh, she just has this, she's seen us out, and people, you know, whoever happens to know who I am through different dealings, and she's a bit mystified by this. Anyway, she knows I know the principal, and I play it sometimes. Like if she's misbehaving, I ask her, what's going on? I said, I'm not sure that story's accurate. Am I going to have to check this out? And she'll usually come clean. Anyway, I said, uh, I said, you want me to call up to Mr. Mack? I got a cell phone number right here, which I actually don't, but she doesn't know that. <laughs> I call him. I'm sure he'd be happy to come unlock the door for us. She said, no, 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 no. I said, well, how about this then? I said, uh, I'm going to come get you in about 10 minutes. All I'm asking you is, uh, she had to write a, a story, a narrative, they called it. I call it a story. They call it a narrative. And I said, I just, in 10 minutes, I'm going to come get you to take a little break for five minutes. We'll set the timer. 
and I want you to just get started writing for five minutes. Maybe you get a paragraph. doesn't really matter. But I want you, if you just get started, you're going to find it's not that hard. At least you'll have something done. And then you can go back to playing for a little while. All right? She says, okay. I got her to commit to five minutes. I get This kid, I got to negotiate like I'm Donald Trump over here, negotiating with the, the borough of Manhattan up there. Well, could you install a traffic light? Could you have the? I would like. I would like a better place to 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 to, to focus, Father. <laughs> yeah, listen. Anyway, there's a lot behind that too. Anyway, I convinced her to do five minutes, and uh, long story short, it worked out great. Um, she had a lot to do. I convinced her to get everything done before dinner on Sunday, so that she could have Sunday evening, and we did it in increments. And uh, she would go. She went five. She says, start the timer again. We went 10. She says, start the timer again, 15 minutes. And uh, we just did that throughout the day, and we kept it going. Anyway, here's what I wanted to tell you about this. Besides the fact that I thought it was a pretty cool, you know, daddy-daughter story. In terms of telling stories, because I had something else come up that I won't bore you with the story, but there's going to come a time when you're going to find that it's a valuable skill to be able to tell a decent doggone story. All right, and I want to tell you a couple things. You got to put a little energy, keep it brief and to the point. And you can have many points, and you could continue on. But the other thing is this: this is what I told my daughter. A good story isn't necessarily told in order. In fact, jumping around creates the suspense. If I say to you, "I just told you about my dog jumping," right? And I went and got my dog, and I put him on his leash, and I walked outside. And you can say, well, I got an idea what's going to happen next. Or some direction. I don't know if that's the best example. But if I start the story, I'll say, you're not going to believe what that doggone dog did. Boom! Right on that ball! See, that sounds a little different, does it? Now, that's my voice, not your voice. Anyway, I just wanted to tell you, a good story... Isn't always is usually not. I would say told in order. Think about that. All right. The other thing I want to talk to you about, which came up in the other conversation, had to do with the issue of telling the truth and embellishing. Now, um, you know, uh, I don't particularly like to embellish, but I think it's important to be excited about the story on some level. So being a little dramatic, does that turn into embellishing? Is it the same thing? I guess you could argue that point. I think you want to do it without distorting the truth. Is it important to tell the truth? If you're not genuine, people are going to pick up on it. Now, I have given completely fictional spiels and won a contest with it, by the way. But it was a contest, and there was no requirement to be truthful. And... Um, I guess I was able to deliver it in genuine enough fashion because it was utter nonsense. It really was. Um, but like I said, it wasn't part of it. It was allowed in that, that situation. But in normal speaking and communication, I would say to you, people are going to be, some people anyway, are going to be hesitant to trust you no matter what you do. And at least at this point in my life, my integrity means a lot to me. And so I want to preserve that in every way. So you want to be truthful. However, the level of accuracy is for you to determine. <clears throat> and so, for example, 
Um, the other conversation that I was having had to do, somebody had to give a presentation. And this presentation revolved around certain facts and figures. I said, look, the level of accuracy, you're going to say, you know, 25% of the overall budget is, you know, $1.2 million that we were able to save. Um, that's perfectly acceptable to talk like that, as long as you believe it to be true. And I don't say that in some goofy, you know, way. Is it true? Yeah. I mean, at that point, you should be adding a real fluff factor in there. You should be saying, I'm seeing, you know, 35% reduction. We're going to deliver the presentation as 25% because we don't have actual hard data to back it up for whatever reason. So if you're telling a story, maybe around the Thanksgiving Day table or whatever it might be, don't be afraid to go out of order. And as far as being truthful, the level of accuracy is something that you can determine. One more tip for Thanksgiving, okay? Spend as much time as possible at the dinner table talking about politics. This will ensure that you don't have to buy a lot of Christmas gifts. I kid you not. Think about that. That's my tip for you. Uh, here it is November, and we're going to be getting ready for the end of the year. Of course, Christmas first. Uh, I'm pretty long, far along on my Christmas preparation, I'm happy to say. Uh, but anyway, at the end of the year becomes the beginning of the year. And I don't know if you heard about this, but there's people that like to set goals for the new year. Oof. I don't know. if Maybe that went away with COVID. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, some people like to call it New Year's resolutions. Maybe you've heard of that. Uh, I'm not a resolution guy. If you've got to quit something, I would just do it now. I wouldn't wait till January 1st or anything else for that matter. Not that you wouldn't necessarily pick starting points, and I've done the same. But you can decide. It's, it's not really why I... Uh, I brought it up. I think it's really important to set goals. And even if you don't reach them, by the way, I don't get discouraged by that at all. I say to myself, well, just spend a year preparing. Let's get back at it next year. And sometimes I look at a goal and like this has been unattainable three years in a row. Either I take it off or I maybe narrow it down. In fact, for me, uh, one of the goals that I've had, um, I have this technology project that I've worked on. Uh, I don't want to say too much about, but uh, there's another step with it that I want to take. And I said to myself loosely, I don't have to have it out there January 1st, but as soon as possible after the new year, I want to launch that. And uh, I think I'll be on track to do that. We'll see. I'll keep you posted. Uh, but you need to have goals, I think, you know, and reasonable goals, realistic goals. And they got to be specific, you know, not I want to lose weight. Set a reasonable goal. And think about the example that I gave you that with my daughter and apply it to yourself. You know, maybe you look in the mirror and you're like, God, I've just turned into a sack of potatoes. I really put on a lot of weight. And look, it happens to me. Uh, I'm not exactly Charles Atlas over here. I could definitely lose a few pounds, and I've been talking about this. So here we are going into Thanksgiving. What are you going to do? You're going to be like, oh, I'm losing it. I'm going to go on a diet starting tomorrow. No, you're not. You mean jowling down tomorrow at some point somebody's going to offer you a glass of wine that's going to be the beginning of the end it'll be on a diet tomorrow why don't you try this instead Monday after the holiday begin with a goal to lose 5 pounds in 14 days you're going to walk a little bit and you're going to cut back the junk food a little bit and you're going to cut back your meal size that's all and drink more water think about it you're too busy to do this. You're not too busy. You, know, you could always 
restructure your time a little bit. And I would argue that as far as the basics of uh, taking care of yourself, your food, your water, hydration, sleep, exercise, nutrition, you can't afford not to do those things. Uh, for one, you become sick, you become ill, and you'll die ultimately. And if you don't believe me, just take a look at how many people have diabetes that's perfectly avoidable through diet. Think about this with technology, by the way. I didn't mean to bring this up, but I'll throw this thought in there. All these people that are afraid of AI, everybody's a bit afraid of every new technology. Electricity, look, the Amish still won't use it. The Amish are still afraid of electricity. That's really what it's about. You say, well, they're not afraid of it. Yes, they are. They're afraid of it. Nuclear power is going to destroy us all. Computers, remember Y2K. Uh, the cotton gin and, and automating farming was there was it wasn't going to be any jobs. These other things are all all been said before. So here we are with AI, and it again is going to destroy the world. And I'll tell you why it's not. It's not going to make. It's not going to bring the world to some utopian state, and it's not going to destroy the world. In fact, I would argue that very little is actually going to change. And I base it on the fact that human nature doesn't change. People doesn't change. You want my proof? Think about this for a second. <clears throat> how many people have an iPhone or Android? It doesn't really matter. And how many apps there are available to help with nutrition and weight and fitness? There's like a billion. You can literally snap a picture of your plate of food, and it'll boom, give you your calories, intake, boom, monitor everything for you. Just snap pictures of what you did, record your workouts, it'll balance everything out for you. It's incredible. There's all kinds of eating plans out there. It's basically common knowledge. So I would ask you, with all this information, knowledge, and technical tools available to help people do it, have you noticed any sizable increase in the number of people that are fit and in shape? No. No, you don't. Nothing really changes. Despite all the information available, completely available, most people are still eating poorly, overeating, Overeating and malnourished, and to some degree myself included. I mean, at some point, you know, you really do enjoy it. I, you know, some of these people, like, you know, um, what's his name? The Navy SEAL guy, I forget his name now. Um, he's, you know, you, you should eat for nutrition, not to enjoy it. I'm like, yeah, okay, no thanks. And then uh, that Andrew Tate dude, uh, you know I'm talking about? The kickboxer guy that's been charged with whatever and the whole you know theories around that and his claims um he said that if if you if you if you're a guy and you cook uh you know it's because you're beholden to your wife he said it a little more dramatically i won't say it on the podcast i thought to myself well, you know, what I, you know i take great pride in my cooking i know plenty of guys that cook all of them that, that i hang everybody in my inner circle cooks and cooks well how's that as a common denominator Anyway, goals, cook, eat well, use the technology to your advantage, and do things in bite-sized bite increments. You could do anything like that. Trying to save, I haven't been able to save any money. Oh, geez, what can I do? Set a goal to save $500. Save your first $500. Whatever's easy for you. $200? All right, I'm going to set a goal that within this month to save $200. And then you're going to get there and you're going to have a little something. Oh, man. This is good. Same thing with losing five pounds. You go, man, you know, I feel better. All right, see if you can keep it up. I think that the key to being successful with those goals in your year in general is to be positive. If you look at successful people, they generally tend to be positive for the most part. Not always. 
for the most part, they've got a positive outlook or at least about some endeavor that they're successful at that, you know, brings them other success or whatever. And uh, it's been on my mind a lot lately because this podcast has been completely negative, like since the last election or whatever. Uh, Because what are you saying? We're watching the country fall apart, bust at the seams. But I'd say to you the same thing as the apps and dieting and people taking care of themselves and, uh, you know, like it or not, that our economy, our country just always had an ebb and a flow to it. Hopefully it never gets too far carried away, but um, we'll see. I mean, I think it's concerning what's going on. I don't want to take that away from it, but I know this for me, for my personal life, and as far as my personal goals, I need to be very positive about that. I would recommend that you do the same, especially with your children. That was the other thing I did with my daughter. Like even the following two days after, I would say to her, I'm so proud of you, what you did this weekend and how you handled that heavy workload of schoolwork. I want to instill that confidence in her. And uh, it worked out pretty well. Um, Two last things I wanted to leave you with. Uh, I mentioned the other day about doing the high knees and the mountain climbers. And I'm just happy to report, I mean, my, my stamina with that continues to increase my leg strength. And I feel great. It's just such a finishing touch on the health of my lower back. Um, I'm doing some upper uh, back workout as well, shoulder workout to keep all that healthy uh, as well. I don't want to talk about that right now. But especially if you're a guy over 45 years old, certainly if you're over 50, uh, I would seriously think about your hips, your hips mo- hip mobility and your hip strength, lunges, squats, and high knees, man, I'm telling you, all good stuff, kettlebell squat, I'm not doing barbell squats, I didn't say that, I have a 30-pound kettlebell my other brother Michael gave me, and I just hold that like sumo style, and squat down and pull that up into an upright row, beautiful little exercise, it's a calisthenic, not really a weightlifting exercise, anyway, I encourage you to, uh, Take this information and, you know, copy it if you wish, do as you wish. Um, but really, I'm just suggest sharing with you what's working for me that you can find the things that will work best for you. And it's going to be different, okay? I'm not a doctor, not a nutritionist, and um, I'm none of that. I'm just, you know, a guy who's getting older like everybody else. And I say, hey, I, I want to uh, keep myself in where I can keep walking on my own. To make it simple, right? And that quality of life is important. I mean, that's what I keep working. And I've got a daughter who's about to turn nine. And I say to myself, you know, 10 more years, i got to be going strong. i got to deliver for this kid. And it's not even really going to end at 18, right? She said this kid at school, school was giving her a hard time. And I'm listening to the story, and I think she was giving him a hard time the way it sounded. But I said to her, I said, um... I, th- I think Mackie, maybe maybe Mackie needs a, a throat punch. And she just looks at me with a big smile. That's what she wants to hear. And she's probably going into school saying, you know, my dad's going to kill you. Yeah, thanks. I'm going to end up in jail. What are you going to do? I don't know. Anyway, she's a good kid, good friends she's got at school. And uh, anyway, i got to be available another 10 years or so for my daughter's all I'm trying to say. Hopefully, uh, hopefully no altercations, right? All right, let me leave you with this. Being positive, setting goals, uh, being able to tell a good stinking story. Uh, Actually, let me just go on about this a second before I get into Thanksgiving and let you go. 
uh, as far as being able to tell a good story. Nothing I can't stand more than listen to a crappily told story. Crappily told story. Listen, if you're an adult, you need to be able to tell a decent stinking story, at least on a fundamental level. If you don't know how, practice. Ask your, your wife or your spouse or your kids or your parents. Tell them a story. Like, was that good? And ask them for honest feedback. Or record it and send it to me, and I'll play it on the podcast. We'll all give you our feedback. <laughs> don't do that. I'm just kidding around. People sending me recordings. No thanks. All right. Learn how to tell a story, would you? Especially for Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. What's Thanksgiving all about? Well, uh, in ancient times, it was a, ancient times. In colonial times, it was a uh, it was a festival. It was a festival to, to give thanks for the uh, fall harvest, right? And uh, there's many different stories. The you know pilgrim story out of Plymouth Rock is one of many stories, and it was the Plymouth Rock story that took off because of some publication. A woman up in uh, New England put this out, and really basically as a marketing stunt and it, it <clears throat> took hold all right pretty funny when you think about it right and uh anyway it's a nice story and it it probably is a true story by the way it's just it was more than one um it was the best i could tell from researching all this and uh, it doesn't really matter the point is that thanksgiving was adopted as a national holiday and it was done so to celebrate this feast this thanksgiving feast to give thanks for the fall harvest uh, we'll have enough food to get us through winter, and hopefully into spring, we can get back to work on our farms and, and grow food again. Um, but either way, the basic premise was to give thanks, of course. Thanksgiving, give thanks, right? And uh, why do I say all this? And so deliberately, no doubt. Because being positive, I think, is as important as giving thanks, right? This is why it's good to pray and give thanks, uh, but just to be thankful and showing gratitude um, and I mean, you could look at it the other way, that people that don't, you can see the bitterness. And um, it's not good. It really isn't. So, you know, I would say to you, you know, even if things aren't going well for you, even if there are people that are mistreating you, and inevitably, if you're human, there are things in your life that are problems, and there are people in your life that are giving you a problem. And hopefully it's nothing too serious, but even if it is, before you take that first bite tomorrow, do yourself a favor. And take a moment to think about the things that you're thankful for. I think I said the other day, I, I, don't, I forget who I tell what to anymore, uh, but I literally do. I walk out in the morning, walk outside. I was up at 4 this morning. I walked outside at quarter after 4, and uh, it was about 33 degrees here. And so the air was pretty brisk. And I just walked out there and took that air in. And I looked up at the sky, and I said, Lord God, thank you. I don't know what I've done to deserve this, but thank you for another day. Thank you for this home. Thank you for this family and all you've done for us. And it's just my little prayer that I say in the morning. And I find that that act of gratitude, and you can do what you want. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm not a preacher. You do whatever you want. And um, But I would just say to you that the gratitude, giving thanks, and being positive, and then uh, using that energy to create goals and go after them. You know, people take it for granted. We talk about all this goofy stuff. It's all doom and gloom. But as human beings, there's something very practical that sets us apart from uh, all of other creation, right? Uh, yes, part of it is the five fingers and the ability to create and make tools. But that's not really it because even some primates have demonstrated some ability to do that. What sets us apart from every other living organism 
it is what's talked about in the book of Genesis, and most people don't catch this, that God created order out of chaos, that out of the darkness he formed the depths of the ocean, and however it goes, I don't remember it exactly, but he created something out of nothing. And people hear that, that's not possible. And um, it really is possible. And human beings have the ability to do that like no other living creature. It's called the human imagination. And it really truly is divine when you think about it. People come up, even the highest technology, man, you can't beat human ingenuity. You know, and they say, ah, oh, facial recognition, they're tracking everybody everywhere. Wear a mask. Don't use a cell phone. All easily avoidable. I don't want to go down that path. The point is gratitude, appreciation, being positive. Start thinking about your goals for next year. It's going to come quick. God willing, I don't think I'm coming back Friday, guys. It's going to be good Friday. I got a lunch appointment with a dear brother, Michael. What are the chances? Many Michaels in my life. This one's a Vietnam veteran. He's not doing so well. I'm going to go spend some time with him. And um, I'll see you back probably Monday. Maybe I'll come back Sunday. I'm not making any promises. It's a holiday. And I'm going to spend some time doing exactly what I just shared with you. Hopefully doing as much of it as outside as possible. Hell, I just got another cool, nice drive fire. Why not? I'll see you when I see you. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs>